This is Hans Reamer, Montgomery County Council Member, and you're listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, the official podcast of the Maryland Association of Counties. Hello and welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale here with my co-host, Michael Sanderson. Michael, how are you today? Doing great, Kevin. Great. And I am very excited for today's episode, Michael, yeah. as I know you are, because we have John Frenet with us, famous for the Island Annapolis website, podcast, total media conglomerate, and the Maryland Crabs podcast. John, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for inviting me. I'm not sure whether famous or conglomerate or two of the adjectives that need to be used. Local superstar in the the greater Annapolis megalopolis, John is like royalty. So this is very exciting for us. Doesn't get me out of a parking ticket, though. (laughs) Yeah, us too. Us Bottom too. line guy. Yeah. So, John, you're, you're not only here today because Michael and I are fans of the Maryland Craps podcast and we read Ion Annapolis, but it is Maryland Podcast Month. This is the second year we've done this. It's growing by leaps and bounds. And it's really all about promoting local podcasts and, you know, co-mingling and, and, and making sure that we have that cross-pollination between the podcasts. So, Let's talk about that a little bit and your perspective on last year versus this year. Oh, absolutely. I think it's great. First of all, hat tip to Red Maryland. Yes. And they have put this together. And I know they get a little bit of a pushback because they are Red Maryland right. Right. as opposed to Blue Maryland or right. it doesn't yeah. exist. Maryland. But, <laughs> you know, these guys have put a non-political thing together. Yes. And it's really it's the, the rising tide lifts all boats type of thing. And it really has worked. I mean, last year we featured them on our podcast. We went on to their podcast. We're doing the same thing here with the Conduit Street podcast today. And I just think it's great when as podcasting is growing, it's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, people you know, want something to listen to. I People say, well, what is a podcast? I say it's talk radio on demand is the easiest thing that Perfect. I can. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there are close to 40 participants this year. And so definitely growing. And I, and again, that's great. This, this is a medium that I think a lot of people weren't sure what podcasts were, if they really want to get into it. And now it's ubiquitous. I, I, lo- I love the rising tide reference, right? Because I mean, we're not, it's not like there's a finite number of ears or clicks or downloads out there. Uh, people who like this genre for us to hand off some of our listeners to you and vice versa is a win-win, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I do it all the time. I mean, everybody likes beer. So what, what, <laughs> what is it to me to say, hey, listen to the Naptown Pinecast, right. which is actually the capital cap, the capital writer, Liz Murphy, has a podcast right. here locally. And it's excellent, by the way. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, John, let's talk about Eye on Annapolis because I, you know, I will call it a conglomerate because really, I mean, the, the evolution of Eye on Annapolis um, from when I first saw it, I think it was on Facebook. And now the blog is is really a go-to news source, and you have your daily news brief that's every morning, about 10 minutes. It's it's down and dirty. You want the local news. Here it is. You have a lot of followers. Now, how did you evolve over time to what you are today? Well, we tried to – we've got to keep up. Obviously, you've got to change and you've got to grow. And if you're not growing, you're dying, and that's just the way life is. So. Um, you know, we started this back in 2009. It's we're now over just over 10 years old, um, which is kind of interesting. It was started on a dare. <laughs> uh, 
Is either you know the, the best things are started on dares or or over booze. Right. And I, I remember speaking to Senator Astle, who said, "What what got you into politics?" He says, "We were drinking." I said, "Well, there you go." Right, exactly. <laughs> I walked by a restaurant the other day, and it said, "No good story starts with a salad." <laughs> Same sort of thing. Right? Deal, right? It's, it's exactly. Um, so so we did it, and initially I started this as crime in Annapolis, and I realized that it was too small of a. Uh, it was too small of a bucket. Right. And then we would spread it out and it's eye on Annapolis. Although we always intended to cover Anne Arundel County, uh, Anne Arundel is just very difficult to spell, say, enunciate and everything mm-hmm. else. So we just went with Annapolis a little bit easier, a little bit shorter. And we've grown from there. We jumped onto the Facebook page. We jumped onto Twitter. And those are the only two social media platforms that we play on. We don't do the Instagram and Snapchat. and Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I've been resisting. And so you guys, you have a lot of, I think, bloggers who who work with you and, and contribute content. And I know one of your slogans is for the local community, by the local community. And I think that is very interesting. And really, I think it creates a great dialogue in Annapolis and in the county. Well, it is. like We try to, if, uh, I know before we started recording, we were talking about Photoshop and how frustrating it is for me <laughs> sometimes. But if you were to take an outline of Anne Arundel County and sort of blur the border, that's kind of the area that we do. I mean, will we go cover the Preakness? Yes, we will. That's of interest to people that sure. live here. Mm-hmm. Bowie Bay Sox, they are a great draw from Anne Arundel County, but they are in Prince George's County. Right. So, uh, you know, we, we do blur the line there and I do really focus on the local stuff. I mean, as tragic as we've heard some of these shootings, sure. uh, it's, it's not, it's not our thing. And it's not that we, are heartless and you know don't care anything it's just that it's just not our thing and i mean yeah you're not heartless and also a lot of other people are covering that kind of stuff so you know in a niche market like you have and maybe it's not so niche anymore but you seem to fit the bill really well and and and, and you know you've got listeners who are tuning in for something familiar so when you're talking about a local business or a family or a project that affects annapolis or Anne Arundel county or like you said something with the Bowie bay Sox, mm-hmm. the listeners in this area are going to per- up, right? There's going to be a lot for them there, more so than trying to do what everybody else is doing globally. Well, it is. And also my size, I'm very small. So it's, uh, you know, when I can throw something to the Capitol or to WNAV or to WBAL or WTOP or something like that, where they've got more in-depth reporting on something that does affect us, I'd absolutely do it. And, I, and again, go back to the rising right. tide. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's just, it just makes sense. We do the same thing with our show I and mean, we're trying to cover policy issues. And from time to time, we basically say, if you want the full treatment, we can't get into it here, but the piece in the Baltimore sun gives you, you know, there's 1200 words in there and that's really where you can get all the details that's worth your time. And we'll, sure. yeah, we'll do the same thing. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's just a, a group effort, right? I mean, I think that's all media these days is everybody's contributing something. And, and if you want this, you can go here. And if you want just the down and dirty, you can come here. And I think it's really evolved in that way. Well, that's where I, I kind of, when we launched the uh, Daily News Brief, which is launched in September of, we're in 1917, <laughs> um, about 10 minutes. Yep. And I mean, I'm yep. not looking for a half hour. I don't right. have the time to do a half hour. Um, I think that's about what you need. We've got local forecast weather. So it's just yep. very quick. And I, I get my ch- choice of what, what I think the top news should be. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but but I mean, like uh, the quick two or three item roundup. I mean, that is in my daily rotation for driving into town. You know, I live just outside of Annapolis, and I've got a twenty to thirty minute ride, and that's really easy to couple that with the, uh, you know, with the the quick roundup from NPR and the quick roundup from Annapolis, and boom, I'm ready to go. That's there good. you go. <laughs> so, John, I, I saw a quote on the website. It's think of it as the Huffington Post, Perez Hilton, and CNN all rolled up into a local package. And for those of you who don't know. 
Perez Hilton is sort of like a tabloid, right? I mean, so, so you cover everything. You got the whole spectrum there. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we do, we do cover a lot of entertainment. And as Perez Hilton was sort of tabloid entertainment there, uh, I don't know that he's that relevant <laughs> at this point anymore. I don't but, know. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. Um, I don't know. But, he might have toned down the garish uh, colors a little bit relative yeah, to Perez. Yeah, it's it. okay. But but yeah no I mean I think that you know we we turn around we look I mean we're not into the tablet I mean we're not getting pictures of the mayor and his speedo in his backyard or anything like that okay <laughs> not yet uh, not yet the, not yet the, the not next yet. wing at the big but you know we do need to evolve so we'll see right. we'll see what happens Always in year growing, eleven right? but Just, right, exactly yeah. <laughs> um, but you know we haven't we're not we're not that but we uh you know we are fun we are things I mean we have fun with uh, uh April Fool's Day. Mm. Uh, we put a thing where McDonald's was coming into the market house one year, which was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was good. We got in trouble with the Federal Election Commission for the Obama debate at Homestead Gardens. Um, when <laughs> o- <laughs> Governor O'Malley calls brilliant. up Don Riddle, says, "Hey, I need a seat on that podium," and Don's going like, "What are you talking? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about?" And- by, by, by the way, this it's a perfect Annapolis type reference. That if you're not from this immediate area, the, the notion of an April Fool's joke with an with a McDonald's being announced in a, in a you know in, a, in an area that w- the, the city fathers types would just go nuts about it's a perfect april 1st for for annapolis it is. Right? i was gonna say i'm surprised they didn't show up at your house right. it looked like you know burn it down because that that is like the death knell don't be messing you know, with the market right, house right. we can mess it up ourselves that's right. that's don't right. need your help. a long history of doing just that so. yes yes so let's talk a little bit about maryland crabs and this is separate from Ion Annapolis, but you wear many hats. Yeah. Right. We're, we're kind of, we're kind of like cousins, if you will. And, uh, my, my friend Tim Hamilton had been after me to do a podcast with him for years. And he's been listening to podcasts probably for 10 years before they were even remotely thought of as kind of cool and hip. And I never had the time, never had the time. And at one point I just said, all right, stop whining. I'll do it. And that's really what it was. We, we launched it. We came up with the name. We came up with the brand. We launched it actually the week that Governor Hogan and Comptroller Francho announced the start school later mm, uh, okay. after Labor Day. And something else came down and we were initially going to do it every other week. And then we came back and said, Oh, we, we guess we get, we're on a, a weekly schedule and we right. kept that up for a while. And we've just recently switched to sort of an every other week thing yeah. again to, okay. to keep it. But. Uh, that was designed to be a little bit free flowing as far as what we talk about. Sure, I mean, I mean, the the idea of having like a little bit of humor and it's like light news, but then, forgive me, but like a little curmudgeonly, which I think is a sure. great is a great lane. I mean, you two have some chemistry, yes. and it's I think it's a really good fit. Yeah, we do. I mean, some of the things we've done, we've gone and we've uh, dissed and praised restaurants with the Annapolis <laughs> Fork. We got her on there, and That's we said, and uh, and you know, it, it, it's fun. And I mean, we're not out there to be mean. That's one thing that one thing that I've always said with both the Maryland crabs as well as Ion Annapolis. I mean, you know, if, if it's an unflattering story or an unflattering topic, that's okay because it's unflattering and it it is what it is. But, uh, you know, we're not out for gotchas. I mean, we're not bringing somebody (laughs) in and going, okay, well, Hey, can you explain this picture? Right. Uh, 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 It's just not happening. Right. Somewhere else you can get that stuff. So you have Maryland crabs and then you have crab cakes. Talk about that. Right. Well, the crab cakes, what it was, we sometimes we get content that is we feel is either not that good or we just don't have enough time to put an hour to it. The Maryland crabs we thought was to be about an hour long for a podcast. And the crab cakes are just shorter ones. Uh, You know, sort of a pun on the words with crab and the crab cakes and Maryland crabs. And so it could be a 15 minute thing. We do work a lot with the uh, Rams head on stage. So we get, we talk with some of the artists that come in there yeah. and they're busy and they're on tour and they may only have 15 minutes to give us another, you know, who wants to sit down and talk with us for an hour? Very few people. Right. 
they're they're local and we trap them in a bar and feed them beer and give them some beer. Yeah, that <laughs> seems to work. It's a running theme here. I like it though. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you have any big guests. I mean, just Sarah Koenig, podcast royalty. I think you, I'd right. to say she started the podcast movement. Yeah, which I mean, she did. Supercharged she did. for sure. Right? Yes, yes, she absolutely did. So she's coming to town. You also met with Paul Reed Smith. That was an awesome interview. Mm-hmm. So I mean, lots of stuff to check out there. And just tell people how they can find on Annapolis or in Maryland crabs. Before um, I forget. Easy enough. I on Annapolis dot net, not dot com, because there's somebody squatting on dot com and I don't want to pay their yeah, ransom. And um, the Maryland crabs is the Maryland crabs dot com. Excellent. And Excellent. there's all the links to subscribe and all that kind of stuff, which. Uh, and and we encourage everybody to subscribe to all the podcasts so they come to not just yeah. ours, but yours and everything yeah. else. So they come right to your phone or whatever device you're listening on automatically yeah. for free. Boy, howdy. That's right. So now that we've gone through sort of, you know, promotion of both of these podcasts in Maryland Podcast Month, let's get into some of your views on politics in Annapolis, politics in the states. I mean, you, you have your your finger on the pulse of this city. This is obviously where the General Assembly comes to meet 90 days a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, locally, there's been some really interesting stuff going on. Well, I mean, I think the General Assembly, we're in a really unique position here in Annapolis. We are the uh, county seat. Of Anne Arundel County, we are the capital of Maryland. Uh, sorry, Baltimore. Right, and um, you know, and 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 we we are fortunate. We've got the Naval Academy. We've got the legislature that does meet here, and it does give us some some panache. It obviously gives us a lot of headaches as well. I mean, you've got traffic, you've got legislators that don't understand what one way means, and and that type of <laughs> thing. Uh, hard to get a seat at the bar some nights, but it's you know it's uh, you know yeah. something you know something that we just have to deal with, and that's part of the allure and the charm of the city, I think, and. Um, you know, the legislature is is great. I mean, we've been so fortunate over the past and with the untimely passing of uh, you know Speaker Bush, we've been so fortunate to have him in our backyard sure. and as Anne Arundel County and Annapolis specifically is ally. And that's going to be something that's uh, going to be changing. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, such a such a huge personality and someone who really loved not only Annapolis, but loved Maryland. I take that even it's, further because, I mean, he just he just loved public service. OK. And and he had an affinity yeah. for Annapolis and Anne Arundel County. Right. Uh, there was, you know, Mike Bush had uh, there was very little that he would say no to. And I mean, and, and yeah. if he if if he did, there was a very good reason that he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, the slogan was always Maryland speaker, our delegate. Yep. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the perfect way to put it. So besides all the traffic and not being able to get seated, seated at a bar, <laughs> do people in Annapolis really hate when the General Assembly comes to town? Or do they hate like commissioning week? Uh, you know, because you hear people complain all the time about the traffic. Not, not, I don't, I don't think really. Okay. I mean, I, th- I think that it's, it's, it's something to complain about. Okay. We, right. you know, come on. What, what, what is there? You know, well, yeah. <laughs> we haven't had too bad of winters, so we can't talk about the weather and it's, uh, <laughs> So it works, but I really think that people know how to deal with it. People that are local, they know where the parking spaces are. They know how to to move around. They know what areas to avoid. That's true. That's true. But I mean, you hear people just saying, "Oh my gosh, here they come again! The Blue Angels are coming! My house is rattling!" We love the Blue Angels here. (laughs) Go move. You know, I don't want to hear that argument. (laughs) Go move from John. Go move. If you feel that way. Um, Head to Pensacola, you to hear them all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, Michael and I will try to to free up some seats at the bar for you during session. You have you have the you have the the capability of that, no, but I think we might be in those seats. <laughs> so so we'll try to get out of your way. Um, and and then you know so in District Thirty that was um, the late Speaker Bush's seat, and you had a special election slash appointment. And again, this is your district. You're from here. Give us some perspective yeah. locally. Um, 
First, first of all, Shanika Henson, who was the older woman for Ward 6 in the city of Annapolis, mm-hmm. was appointed by the Democratic Central Committee or I guess selected by the Democratic right. Central Committee right. to be sent forth to Governor Hogan, who right. made the appointment and her swearing in right. is uh, happening Probably tomorrow, yesterday. I think. I, I, yeah, yeah, yesterday, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, we're recording on Wednesday, yeah. so we're, yeah, so yeah. It'll, it'll be in the past by the time most people are here. <laughs> right, right, right. The magic, magic of recording. That's right. Um, <laughs> and and she is an outstanding choice. I mean, she was wonderful for the city of Annapolis. She was wonderful for Ward Six. She was just uh, by far the one of the best candidates that were running for any of the aldermanic seats mm. in the last election. Uh, great, great choice. I took a little bit of exception to the way she was selected, and that's uh, you know, it's just politics. At work, I guess. Uh, the, you know, we had gotten wind that the existing senator and delegate were really lobbying hard for her and that's fine, but it's, you know, you've got the influence that's being pushed there as upon this panel of 13 right. central committee members. And, uh, you know, I talked to a central committee member who said that, yeah, no, that's pretty much a, it's a done deal. Uh, it's not, it was, a, it was a good deal. Right. Yeah, she's, um, it was, the end result candidate. was fine, but the way they got to it was a different, a different way that I have a, I have a little bit of a problem with. She's a great candidate. That's the bottom line. She's going to do great things for the city of Annapolis. She has experience, as you said, as an older woman and uh, she's done a great job. Yeah. I mean, she's obviously got to learn a lot on being delegate, you know, sure. how, how to delegate, uh, as does Senator Elfrith, as does delegate Kane. Uh, they're both freshman legislators. They've got 90 days experience, each of them, mm-hmm. and they've got a lot to learn as well. I mean, they're, you know, we're replacing, you know, Speaker Bush, who has 16 years right. as, speaker as speaker and, and then right. some. I, th- I mean, I, th- I think one thing that obviously happens here is it casts Senator Elfrith in a leadership role within the district, which, you know, wasn't the obvious starting point for her. Um, and I, you know, I think she had, I think the blessing of, of Speaker Bush as being, you know, being in the district and sort of on, on part of a larger team. But, you know, the, the, the seniority of the sitting speaker sort of means, okay, you're under a wing. She hits the ground running in the Senate about as well as you can as a first year senator, but still a first year senator. She had, she had a very good, very good first session. Very I mean, uh, and, and Sarah has, I admire her work and how she worked. She wanted that office. She worked for it. She Definitely. did everything that she needed to do. If right. you, if you needed to run a campaign, uh, just go back and look at what Sarah Take did and that, yep. and, and just write the textbook. You can sell it to schools and, yeah. and you'll be fine. She knocked on about every door. I mean, literally she was out in the rain, she was in the snow. And I mean, I don't think there's a door she didn't hit. I just saw on her Facebook that she just retired her Sperry's. Yes. She they finally died. That. Perfect, perfect Annapolis capsule um, right there. <laughs> and you know, but no, but Sarah has done a, a, a great job, but the problem, and it's not really a problem. It's a problem for her is because we don't have speaker Bush anymore. Uh, you know, she's out there on her own. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have a big powerhouse behind us. Uh, Senator Astle certainly was some big shoes to fill there. He had held mm-hmm. that seat for many, many years as well. But he's still around. I mean, he's still oh, wandering around town. Oh, I he is. All the time. He's still very much plugged in about what's going on. Right? Oh, without, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, – but what the benefit we had is Anne Arundel County as well as Annapolis – when you needed something from Speaker Bush, hey, we need new windows at Maryland Hall. We need three million bucks for it. He says, okay, we'll figure out how to make that work. Hey, we need to do, we want the sailing hall of fame to be here. I mean, this was one of the, I'll say one of the failures. Right. Okay, we'll figure out what we can do to do this with right. the Burtis house. Um, that's all moved up to Baltimore County now with uh, Speaker Adrian Jones mm-hmm. and that influence is there. So this is, you know, Senator Elfrith, Delegate Kane, Delegate Henson now. Uh, they're going to have to be scrapping. Yes. They're, they're going to be have to fight and and clawing for everything that we get. Yep, I think that's fair. Yep. 
All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break right there. When we come back, we'll talk about some Annapolis-related issues. We don't talk much about city government, but we will today with John. All that and more after the break. The Local Government Insurance Trust is the primary source for Maryland local governments to get insurance coverage. When the private insurance market doesn't understand your needs and doesn't really want to be in the business of covering your law enforcement officers and other public employees, Legit will be there. That is exactly why Legit was created over 30 years ago. Legit is different. Legit is owned and managed by its local government members. That means that when we do well, you do well. Members get premium credits when the trust has a good year. And Legit offers training and best practices year-round to make sure our members are doing their best with risk management. Competitive prices, outstanding service, and coverage that fits your needs as a local government. You can't beat Legit for all your coverage needs. Find out more at lgit.org or drop by their exhibit space at the MML or MAKO conference. Welcome back to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale back here with Michael Sanderson and John Fernay. John, let's talk about 2022. Michael and I often talk about the politics here in Maryland and how things have really been changing. Looking ahead to, to 2022, we have an election in 20, but the gubernatorial election um, is coming. So what do you think locally? And then I think we can talk about this sort of statewide, too, about these changes that are happening and, and what that might mean for future elections. Well, I think that we've got such a, a very strange election that just happened in 2018. You know, we had a hugely, repo- hugely Republican, hugely popular Republican governor. There's a tongue twister uh, <laughs> that won by by a landslide. Uh, arguably, the Democratic candidate was not probably the best candidate that was to go against him. But all of the down votes, all of the down ballots, and not all of them, but most of them ended up losing. I mean, nobody, yeah, kind of nobody came. Tales, right? Yeah. right. And that, that's, that's, you know, oftentimes people think everybody just votes straight party ticket. And that's mm-hmm. it. If you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, you just, you don't look at the names, you just vote straight down. And Governor Hogan has shown that might not always be the case. Well, I think that's the, uh, I think that's changing. I think that's a demographic that's changing, and, and it used to be. I remember Senator Astle told me a story. He goes on a farm down in Southern County. He says, oh, he sees the NRA sticker, and he's got an A-plus with the NRA. And he says, hey, how you doing? I'm running for senator and stuff like that. And the guy says, you're a Republican or Democrat? And he says, well, I'm running as a Democrat. And the guy says, get the hell off my yard. Yep. <laughs> and he said, well, okay. It's, I don't. it's, it's identity politics. I, 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 right? I don't have that. But I think that right. is changing. I think people are looking at the individual things. We've also got this pushback from President Trump, the Me Too movement, the women's movement, movement, the women's marches and everything else that have come on. And they have continued year after year after year, which do have effect on local politics here on the city level, county politics, statewide politics sure. as well. And I think 2022 is going to be very interesting. We're going to see whether that is a sticking thing. Uh, I, I'll say like County Executive Pittman, okay, he campaigned on different changes and I'm going to give him credit that he has said he's going to get the teacher's money. He's going to get more cops. He's going to get more firefighters. He's going to up the IT. He's going to be a little bit more transparent. He's going to involve the, the community with, right. with everything. And he's really gone through with that. Yes. Where he's sort of fallen short is that he said that he felt that he could probably do it with the revenues that we currently had. And I think he's finding out that no, it's not. And we're looking now at a tax increase. Mm-hmm. 2022 is going to be a referendum on that. Are we willing to pay for that? And I say that as a, as a resident of Anne Arundel County, sure. are we going to be willing to pay that money 
for it or not. And, um, and, and, and an open question. Right? Right. I mean, I mean, you know, this isn't this isn't a matter of you know we we can tell right here and call the shots for twenty two, but you know the things are already setting up for the next round, and and Anaheim's not the only jurisdiction that's that's situated this way in the midst of you know some financial challenges and some places looking at tax increases. Well, I think I think it goes to the the counties, the different counties within the state of Maryland, the different states, certainly within the United States, everybody's facing something similar to this. And like you said. You ultimately have the referendum on President Trump also at the same time. So True. it's going to be – there are so many different factors at play. It's fascinating to think about what it may look like then. Yeah. Also have no idea what the what the economy might bring us. I mean if we end up with a curveball in the economy – All mean, bets are off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> if it happens in time that we're feeling it for the 20 election, then it probably affects that. Mm-hmm. If not and something happens and we're, we're in the middle of a downturn at the 22 election, then you know, people do vote with their pocketbook too. Yeah, I mean we have the – you know, all the economic uncertainty with China, and it just seems like every day there's something else. So obviously an economic downturn throws a wrench into everything at the, at the local, state, and federal level. And, and I do think that that's some – when you go to the polling location now, you, you say, hey, am I better off now than I was four years ago? And I think that's still a very valid question, sure. and I think people do vote mm-hmm. that way when they go there. Any, anything else on upcoming elections locally or you know nationally? Well, I, I think if you look into 2022 as well, because of all the freshman legislators that we've gotten, it's throughout the state. Uh, it's not just here in Anne Arundel mm-hmm. County. Um, these guys have three more sessions to you know put up or shut up, if right. you will. Right. And they they've really got to prove their worth. We've got uh, you know I know uh, Comptroller Francho has said that there's a new. Uh, I can't remember the phrase mm-hmm. used, but a new, a new sheriff, if you will, coming into into town, <laughs> yeah. and certainly with the death of Speaker Bush, uh, the health of Senate President Mike Miller, uh, there could very well be another uh, another change on the Senate level there, where we're going to be losing that leadership there. Um, I just, you know, these guys really have to do something to retain their seat. Sure. Will locally here will ron george give it another shot for state right. senate mm-hmm. i don't know will there be somebody is there somebody my next door neighbor i don't know you know are right, they who knows right? they thinking about running for delegate right? you know a, a dark horse or something right. like that i don't know sure yeah so I, I mean i think there 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 are a lot of storylines right. that could potentially be interesting for 20 and 22 right. moving forward and another one being district drawing between mm-hmm. now and the next How state level be, between now and the next state level election we'll have a census and we'll have gone through a process of adopting new districts um that could be evolution or it could be revolution. Sure. You could end up with, you know, city of Annapolis could be split into two legislative districts. That wouldn't have happened last t- last time around, but uh, that's, that's that's true. That's true. I forgot that we we we, right? we, we, we were switched. So we yeah, were switched. yeah, one one more, you know, one more potential twist uh, that that could change things uh, really dramatically too. So it's tough to be an odds maker right now. I yeah, think in yeah. politics in general. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. tough and fun, right? I mean, yeah, it's just like the guy that was making the odds on the Kentucky Derby there. <laughs> yeah, we, let's not talk about the Kentucky Derby. That, that was a disaster. I just read a I read a factoid that on in the Kentucky Derby on a typical year that wasn't as controversial as this that people will lose or throw away tickets and they retain about two and a half million dollars. Wow, at Churchill Downs hmm. on the day of the Derby I for mean, people that had lost their tickets that don't claim them. When you mix tickets with alcohol like that, I right. would think there would be some folks who <laughs> – All you know, those right. hats and all yeah. those juleps and then a little sun and yeah, and things, things happen. Storm, things right? happen. I might have lost a winning ticket somewhere along the way. So, John, uh, Annapolis-related issues. Let's talk about City Dock. And this is something that not only folks here in Annapolis, I think everybody who comes here, it's sort of a gathering point, And it's been a point of contention. I don't know if that's the right word, but <laughs> certainly controversy over the years. And – 
we've heard a lot of different uh, options on what can go to City Dock. I mean, I've heard of Ferris wheel, I've heard of bocce ball courts, I've heard of beach, <laughs> a hotel. You are the guy here in Annapolis. Tell us what's going on with City Dock. Uh, we don't know. Okay, next segment. Yeah, well, let's let's try mean, and get him cranked up. We want yeah. one of these rants. I mean, this I, I, is the, I mean, the famous John Rand. This is coming. City Dock is weird because it's got a beautiful little park. I mean, it's not very green at the very end. But then you've got this giant parking lot in the middle. And I think everybody agrees that the parking lot is horrible. Okay. Uh, we need to get the cars off of City Dock. And that can be something else, whether it is a green space, whether it is there's ideas of hotels, whether there's going to be a Ferris wheel or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the mayor is proposing a skating rink for this winter. Ooh. Uh, so, temporary. So, so that's a, you heard it here first from John. Not from <laughs> you, you, you heard it here second. I said, I, I said, I said it the other morning on the, uh, on, on the daily okay. news feed, but yeah, we like it. Uh, I, I like do, that. I do think that, uh, you know, he's, I, I love the mayor. I think he's got some great ideas and he puts it out there. Uh, I was speaking with him not too long ago and I said, you know, you, but you've got to have something to show for it. Right. Uh, there's got to be the Hillman Garage, which is just adjacent to your offices here, mm-hmm. is falling down. I pulled in there and I was making the decision: do I go up on top and hopefully stay on top when it comes down, or do I <laughs> take the insurance money when it does come down on the car? Yeah, and yeah, the top level is sketchy. At, yeah. at the best. I mean, it looks sketchy. I'm sure. Right when you can call down through the hole and say, "Hey, yeah." <laughs> you know? yeah. But um, you know that needs to be replaced. Main Street needs to be rebricked. We've got the sea level rise that we're dealing with. You've got this. Uh, a public works facility on Spa Road, which they're trying to do a land swap with Bazuto. There's a, a number of balls in the air and nothing is is getting yeah. done. And I think that's something that he's going to need when he comes for re-election. Um, but City Dock, I mean, you've got the hotel. You've got Harvey Blonda that owns the uh, Every form, restaurant. former, former yeah. Phillips <laughs> down there. City Dock is called Latitude 38 now, I believe. Right. And he, he, he does want to build the hotel and that's coming there. He also owns a little mall that's opposite the um, – I'm drawing a blank on the name of the street, but adjacent to it. And, you know, would that work? Possibly, probably. Uh, would it work as that Charette showed with the beaches and the yeah. boat launches and stuff? I, I don't think so. And that's where sort of historic Annapolis comes in. And they're like, you know, no, we need to maintain this character. I mean, Annapolis and I, I'm going to screw up their thing, but it is <laughs> the town with more 18th century and 18th century Home, original homes than anywhere else in America. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a shock. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, this this downtown district is jam packed, full of history. Yeah. And and obviously, historic Annapolis is that is the tip of a spear. But there's a really deep felt passion in the community here to keep this area looking special. I mean, you know, back to our joke earlier about the about the McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, Annapolis really feels that. I'm, I've been in town 27 years, and around here, I just showed up. It, yeah, oh, oh I, I was told no, no uncertain terms. I couldn't call myself an Annapolis until I'd been here 18. Was right. what, what I had told you know, and, and even then, yeah, like, yeah even know, yeah, it's dicey. Right? That's sort of like you say if you live in Eastport. It's like, well, where? Right, right. right. because there's a, there's, there's a line. It's like if yeah. you're if you're yeah. on the other side of Tyler Avenue, yeah, no, you're yeah. not Eastport. You're not right. Eastport. <laughs> but, but like historic Annapolis, I mean, that's interesting because I don't think many people think of them as a power broker in town. You think of the mayor, you think of the alderman, but historic Annapolis is a big player in what comes in or what doesn't. Right. They they really are. They are the gatekeepers, if you will. Uh, if people will remember last summer when uh, Harvey Blonder proposed this hotel down there and Gavin had bus turnarounds and everything else that was going forward and they were going to raise the roofs of this. It was going to be too high and block things. Historic Annapolis is the one that went to the National Trust for Historic Places and said, hey, we've got a problem here. And 
a month later, it was like Annapolis City Dock is named as an endangered location <laughs> among seven Ooh, or 11 of them right? <laughs> countrywide. Uh, they do hold a lot of clout. They are huge property owners, which many people don't know. They own, and I i don't want to quote the number, but I'm thinking like 12 or 14 significant properties within the city. Right. And they manage another 10 or 15. Hmm. Uh, some of that are occupied by retail and, and everything else. So uh, these guys are big players in the city. They've got a great board that is very, you know, centric on preservation mm -hmm. and everybody wants to maintain it. They don't, nobody wants to be a Williamsburg where it's all fake, you know, here's, here's fake right. history. Right. Of course. <laughs> um, of course. I mean, it's very important. It's not, I'm not, you know, they are, they are very important, but I think, you know, a lot of people listening may think of, of their local government and they don't think about having to go through this extra step to try and get something done. But there is, a big hurdle whenever you want to do anything here for, for better or for worse. Yeah. Well, it's not, a, it's not a stork in Naples that has, is the hurdle. They're, they're just sort of like that, the big guy hanging in the back with the bat. Right. It's just going to, you know, <laughs> swat the fly. The, the hurdles that you have to do is the historic preservation commission, which is a commission of the city of Annapolis. And that's where if you want to put in a new window in your house, they've got to approve that is the, the big controversial a couple of years ago was somebody had replaced their front wooden front columns that were termite ridden. With fiberglass, which yeah. looks just like wood, it wears for a million years and everything else. But the Historic Preservation Commission said no, and Historic Annapolis joined in with them. They so they do use mm. them as a consulting. Okay, yeah, there. yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So, so uh, I mean, this is maybe a sidelight to this conversation, but maybe my personal bias is showing up. I just came back from a trip to Charleston and and uh, actually while in Charleston with a group of people from around the southeast they were all saying well we really loved our trip to Annapolis best of all that was really flattering but we're all sitting at a wonderful little rooftop place and you know having an evening little nip and that sort of thing and I couldn't help but feel that Annapolis would be a wonderful setting for rooftop dining and and so forth well it's, it's kind of interesting any you, way to get from here you, to everything you say that well uh, <laughs> Interestingly enough, Joe Riley, who used to be the mayor of Charleston, is coming to uh, the mayor of Annapolis is having sort of a on what to do with Annapolis meetings. And he's coming to a, a discussion in Maryland Hall at the end of the month. Uh, but there was Let's a say slow down. Right? The pace up here is way too fast. Right. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, but so, there was a retail <laughs> consultant that came in that, that referenced Charlotte and I'm, or um, Charleston. And I'm not exactly sure which hurricane it was, but he was very blunt. And he said. The best thing that happened to Charleston was when the hurricane came up and wiped everything out. And honestly, because you had to start I've, from I've scratch. And, and you know, you would hate to think that. You would hate right. to say that about what we have here. But, you know, how long did Fawcett, the Fawcett's building, which will probably never right. be called anything other than the Fawcett's right, yeah. building, <laughs> sit vacant while people were messing around with that? You know, had a hurricane come up and wiped it down. Okay, now we can we can address this. Mm -hmm. We can, uh, you know, and I, I don't certainly don't wish that or anything like that. But. That certainly gave Charleston a little bit of wiggle room to figure out and to reinvent themselves the way that they wanted to. Sure, sure. And I mean, like you said, I mean, rooftop dining would be great. But, you know, to make that happen, how do we get from point A to point B? There are a lot of barriers slash red tape you got to go through to, to get something like that done. And, and I think we would benefit from that as well. But it's a push and pull. It, it's, it's a visioning exercise, really, as to what do you want the town to feel like? It is. And, yeah. and it's unfortunate that there's so many people you've got – Outline ward people that are in the say that, hey, we're part of the downtown too. Is, and you've got ward one, which are the people that, okay, you know, if you were to take <laughs> the Naval Academy, the legislature, the visitors and everything out and just leave the stores of what they want open just for them, they've got this faction that says, this is what I want. Um, you've got a, a mayor that's 
arguably very progressive and wants to see change and wants to see different things. You've got all these different factions fighting. Annapolis is famous for you know doing a study after study after study and putting <laughs> it up on the shelf. It's tough. I mean, in a lot of uh, historic towns, cities go through this kind of stuff. But you're right. It really is. It, it's a it's a decision that you have to make of what you want your city to be. And you have so many competing interests. You know, you want to increase revenues, but you don't want to lose your values and, and you know, your identity as a city. Sure. I mean, somebody does need to, and again, credit to the mayor, he is trying to do this, but, uh, you know, the, the term Esther, get off the pot. Yep. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's getting down to that point now, I think. So we're getting perilously close to having to have one of those little, you know, notices at the front of this episode of the podcast that there's going to be aggressive language. Yeah, I like yeah, it. This yeah. is good for us. It's an edgy. Like, this is good. Well, I'll do the beeps. Let's talk a little bit about we love. I mean, we are nerds, and we we are. Yes, you are. Admittedly, we are nerds. You uh, you are you are my go to source part, part when I need the, uh, the, the the wonky state house news. I like yeah, it. We we do wonky. We try to break it down, but we love budgets. What what's going on with the city budget here? Uh, that's probably one of the biggest stories right now in Annapolis. Well, right now we're in the middle of the, of the budget deliberations, and they've got about till the end of the month to to end of the month, meaning June to pass it. So it starts July first. But it's from my point of view, it seems to be a little bit out of control. They're hmm. uh, playing with numbers. Each separate administration comes up with a different way of presenting the budget. So it's, you know, that old joke that you're, if you have any kids, they do it. You hold up, hey, I've got 11 fingers. Look, one, two, three, four, five, and then 10, nine, eight, seven, six, five, and six is 11. Um, and, and they've got different ways of presenting it. And I, I was looking at some of the nudge numbers. And when Josh Cohen took office, his first budget was 70 million. And Mayor Buckley is proposing 145 million. So within 10 years, this is double, this budget is doubled. So where does that money come from? I mean, I, so well, they, the growth, you know, that we talked a little bit about that earlier. You want to increase your tax base. You want growth. But uh, again, you have these competing interests of keeping the city charm. And how do you increase by double in just one, you know, a few years? Well, last last year, Mayor Buckley did, in, did do a significant tax right, increase. Right. Uh, Mayor Panelides had held that to pretty much nothing. And there was some, you know, financial skullduggery going on there to make that happen. Um, and – you know, the assessments have gone up. We're building, you know, some mega complexes that are there that are going to add to the tax base. So it's that the money is there. The question is whether we're the citizens are getting the value out of it. And one real issue I've got with this year's budget is that last year the mayor proposed a $120 million budget. The council added $18 million and they approved it for $138 million. And now all of a sudden this year – they're saying that last year's budget was 145 point something or other. And I'm like, well, where's this extra $7 million? <laughs> and they're saying, oh, well, this is the adjusted budget. Mm. I'm like, well, right. that means you blew the budget. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you, you can't say that. Okay. Well, I, my mom gives me, says I can spend a hundred dollars on her credit card and I spend $150 on it. And now I say, oh, I, I need 160. And said, but it's only, you know. Right. A percent more. Right. No, I, I blew it. Right. I mean, well, we certainly see that at the state level, the county level, these, you know, budget amendments and right. having to, to increase funds. But well, yeah, I mean, I mean, but you know. I mean, budgets are, I mean, some, some people's eyes glaze over it to talk about taxes and budgets and so forth, but it's, it's really, it's an expression of your priorities and the things that, that your community things are important, things are important. And, you know, where you find the resources for them become the ultimate balance there, whether you, whether you adjust the rates of taxes or, or things like that or the way taxes are gathered. I and mean, that's, that's fundamental. That's 101 public service stuff. So, um, you know, the specifics aside, I think every level of government, 
government is going through this to some degree. You know, the state sort of puts their stuff to bed in April. The counties, you know, gin up and, and typically, you know, towns and, and cities are, you know, right with them or behind them. Yeah. So we have Anne Arundel. They're also doing their budget right now. Right. Soon, so, right? I mean, that's, you know, tis the season for this sort of stuff. Uh, but you know, after, after county elections, we're seeing an awful lot of this sort of thing happen at the county level. Right. The city of Annapolis and their brethren and municipal government going through it too. Sometimes it's a partnership. Sometimes there's some county municipal conflict. We haven't had mm-hmm. as much of that in Annapolis and Anne Arundel as some other mm-hmm. jurisdictions with large municipalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, you know, it's, it, it's a, I don't want to say all of this is healthy, but on a certain level, it is kind of, it's the right, this is supposed to be the way you make decisions on the margin. And true. They're going to, they're going to sit there and see. And, and, and again, as we all do, am I better off now than I was Right there, you know, do, you know, so the bicyclists are going to say, do I have my bike lane up Main Street in Annapolis? Mm-hmm. And they're going to say no. That's what they're going to say, right? For a couple of weeks we did. Right? Yeah, yeah, they had it for a month. It was a thing, right? Yeah. They, they had it for a month. Right. But it and, was, and I'm sure, you know, we've got a fair number of listeners who don't live in Annapolis, but perch here for 90 days or for, you know, six or eight visits a year or the kids come to visit or this is a recreation site. And that's, I mean, that's also part of Annapolis's responsibility is as a venue and to be attractive. You know, one of the things you mentioned was we've got you know resurfacing to do in and around town. That's that's on the needs list too. And, and we know a lot about that. Yeah, and that's 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 on a different track than the sort of you know we want to improve water service in the city for something or another. You know, residents versus visitors. Right. Sure. Well, Annapolis is something for everybody. I mean, again, you know, we've got we've got the visit Annapolis, which is the old convention and visitor right. conference and visitors bureau, right? Uh, which they do a tremendous job of you know trying to attract people to come in here. And again, the city's part of that is to make it attractive enough for people to want to come here. And that right. extends out to the counties and subsequently out to the state. I for mean, sure. we need to you know, make it a, a good reason. I mean, I've, I've often said that there's not much that differentiates Annapolis from um, Ocean City. And I don't mean to diss uh, mm-hmm. Worcester County, right. but, no, no. you know, except a beach and a boardwalk. Sure. And that would be a great type I mean, of, in terms of, you know, the the – you have a, a lot of uh, people coming to town for a short amount of time. Same thing with Ocean City. And you have your 911 centers, let's say. They get a lot more traffic, but they're not seeing any more revenue locally from like the 911 fee. And Annapolis deals with that same kind of stuff. They have so many visitors, so many transient folks coming in and out of here. But those people aren't paying taxes. They're not paying for the services. Right. So that is definitely uh, an issue. And I think that's a great way to tie Ocean City together with Annapolis. They, they face that, yeah. those same challenges. And one of the great things, too, and this is a, a, another kudos to Speaker Bush and uh, Senator Elfrit this year who really fought Annapolis. Yes. Uh, we've got all these people that don't pay taxes to the city right. of Annapolis. You've got the Naval Academy. You've got all the state government, and the county government, right. uh, throw in all the churches and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we were getting 300 and I think it was $365,000 a year for 30 years, which doesn't anywhere come close to the services that we provide to these organizations from these entities. So now they've got something, I think they got, I think it's three quarters of a million dollars a year and it's tied to a cost of living or something. And and stabilized. It's not, it's not a function of each year's sort of the whims of each year's budget. It's in statute. It's got to be in there. I mean, you can, you can debate about taking it out, but it's, that's, that's a very different conversation than a governor who says, well, as a cost cutting measure, measure, I'm just going to leave it out. Right. 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 I mean, and and the reason that we didn't get it this year from what I had heard was that uh, somebody forgot to ask. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, you hate to have to go in and, and, and this right. begging thing for yep. the. Right, you know, the right. I know the nonprofits were in the city recently begging for uh, part of the grant money. It was sure. like, okay, here's well, we, here's my pitch. Yeah, I mean, we I mean, 
we, bank- we could we could do we could do a, a half segment or a full segment sometime about the whole concept of payments in lieu of taxes right. for facilities and installations that clearly draw on public services, but they're government owned or they're otherwise tax exempt. Big issue in Baltimore, big issue in and around Annapolis. It's an interesting policy issue too. So the, you know the wonk in me is already saying I'll oh, tuck that away for a half next, an hour next week. Next week on the Conduit Street, <laughs> we're, we're ready. Oh. Yeah. yeah, as soon as John gets out of here, I know he doesn't want to talk about pilots, but no, we will. No, we will. <laughs> we will. Okay, so John, anything else before we before we let you get out of here? Not not really, but I want you know I want to thank you guys. Conduit Street podcast is one that I do listen to. Um, it's uh, I, I will say it's a lot more. Uh, I don't say relevant, but a lot more informative for me during session. Yes, because uh, sure. that's when everything is is right. moving and, and whatnot. Fast pace, and true. If you've got a a half hour, forty minutes, maybe even up to an hour <laughs> uh, to catch you know what's going on, because the neat thing about you guys is that you're working for a, all the counties across the state, mm-hmm. and every county pretty much has an interest in. I probably say what ninety percent of the bills that that go through. Yeah, yeah everything we're affected by just about right. everything, right? Right. So. right. And, uh, you know, you guys really do have, you know, when we're in session and, and throughout the year, you do have the pulse on what's happening under that big white wooden dome over in State Circle. Yeah, absolutely. Longest continuously used dome in the country, <laughs> right? Wooden dome. Yeah. Legislative. legislative. In legislative. <laughs> in continuous legislative use. That's right. It's a pretty, pretty good fact there. It's Annapolis's favorite asterisk, I think. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple. Well, there's a, um, a place, oh, gosh. Out in Montgomery County, that was the capital for about forty-five minutes. I'm trying to remember the oh, name excellent. of the town, and it was Washington was on fire, and they they relocated it. And I, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, now you, now you've yeah, we'll have to dig that up. Yeah. I'm gonna have to dig that up. Maybe when you come back next time, or maybe when we come on with you, we'll we'll get back into that. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, John, uh, thank you so much for being here. This is fantastic. Thanks yeah, so much. Thank great. you, guys. This is great. And one more time, how do we find Ion Annapolis and Maryland Crafts? You can go to ionannapolis.net, and that's E-Y-E, and you can figure out how to spell onannapolis.net, and it's themarylandcrabs.com. Excellent. And for all our listeners today, if you enjoy what you've heard today, please give us a like, subscribe. Go check out John's stuff as well. It's all good content. Until next week, Michael, Kevin, and John signing off, and we will talk to you soon.